Welcome to the Hero Podcast, hosted by Victor the Rocket Man Rancor. Here to take your HVAC business and sales to the moon. Shooting live from beautiful Southern California. The Eagle has landed. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Victor here with the Hero Podcast. And today we got a special episode. Uh, one of my favorite guys, uh, Mr. Bill Pulte. He's my, you know, my business partner, entrepreneur, uh, 33-year-old stud. So, Bill, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks, Victor, for having me. Can you hear me all right, Victor? Yeah, I hear you good. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so name's Bill Pulte. Been in the HVAC industry since 2013, um, which is not a long time. But in terms of private equity and, and people buying companies in HVAC, uh, that's actually quite a bit of time. Because when I first started buying companies in 2013, February of 2013, I did my first HVAC deal. Um, nobody wanted to touch air conditioning deals. Nobody. In fact, I remember I went to a bank and I had to beg and plead a bank to help me buy uh, an air conditioning business. And now it's like, you know, the hot thing is to buy these companies. So I've been doing that now for, uh, you know, essentially eight years. We've had a couple good exits and, uh, you know, looking to partner with good people. We've, we've kind of changed our model a little bit. We used to be 100% focused on buying 100% uh, of the companies. But as we got to do it more and more, we realized that uh, basically if you partner with the right people and you give them the skills, you give them the, the tool set in order for them to really just, you know, go vertical, so to speak, um, it can be a win-win and we can actually take less equity in the company. So, um, so yeah, so that's what we've been doing. So, so Bill, let's back up a little bit. So you said he's been in it for eight years. So Bill's 33 now. What, obviously, at being that age, being eight, you know, eight years into it and starting at 23, how did you, you know, how did you find your way into even thinking about buying a home service business? Kind of back it up a little bit, tell a little bit about your sure, story. Sure. So, um, you know, I think I was 24 when I bought that first HVAC business and I bought it from a gentleman uh, who's about 58 years old. Now, recently, the deals I've been doing have been really focused on uh, people like your age, people like our age, uh, you know, maybe people a little bit older in their 40s. Um, but how I basically got started was I saw a air conditioning service business. And I remember it like yesterday. I remember exactly where I was when I first saw it. And I said, holy smokes, this business is making a lot of money, a lot of dough. And I, in fact, I think I called up, uh, I think, I, I, don't, I don't remember who I called up, but I called up one of my business partners and I said, Th these financials have got to be fraudulent. I mean, I've never seen anybody make this much money. And so we went and we met with the company and the guy was phenomenal. And him and I hit it off very well right away. And I said, you know, are your numbers accurate? I said, because these things, I'm, I've never seen numbers like these. And my family's been in the home building business. And we can talk about that if you want. But, you know, I've never seen numbers like these. And he said, no, they're real. They're real. And so we did a, what's called the quality of earnings where we come in and we, we check out the earnings. And pretty quickly, we validated the earnings. And this company, Victor, this company is probably making, uh, you know, million six, million seven all day long. And they were doing about four and a half million or uh, four point eight million of revenue. So, you know, you could do the math on that. That's, you know, 33 percent EBITDA margin or something like that. And I said, wow. I'm really on to something here. And so that kind of began my journey 
in, in HVAC. And, you know, when we sold it to private equity, you know, my background to back up was in private equity. I worked in private equity out of college. And then my family had built a big business, built a $16 billion home building company. Um, so I figured, well, why don't I just focus on HVAC? And so that's pretty much what I've been doing since, to be honest. I mean, I've been doing other things too in the housing space um, and in the countertop space, kitchen and bath space. But yeah, that's that's how I got started. So obviously your your first business that you bought when you're, you said 24 years old, um, you bought that one 100%, right? I bought that 100%, yeah. Okay. I and bought my first business when I was 23. That was the countertop business. But I really got smart when I uh, when I got into the HVAC space because you know that'll HVAC can uh, HVAC can make a lot of people look good. I can tell you that. I know. I you know obviously you see some of the guys out there and you're like, man, how's that guy making all that money, right? And and you know sometimes it's by accident. And sometimes it's you know it's it's they they fell they might be in the right place at the right time. Or, you know, they've actually learned along the way all the little tricks and trades and, and how to get to that point. And I think that's what's kind of, you know, kind of the funny thing, right? Obviously, you know, being a partner with you is, is uh, you know, seeing all these little things, these little, little tweak you can make inside of a business to that all of a sudden it moves the needle, you know, 5%, 6% or whatever it is. And, and it's kind of crazy. So, you know, kind of backing up, you, you bought this first business, you're 24 years old, you're, you're obviously getting into a, a, a new trade, right? Because, you know, you know, HVAC is, is different than countertops, it's different than home building, you're going and dealing with, you know, with consumers daily, because you're doing a residential job. Uh, you're also dealing with upset customers deal with all these different things. So how did you, you know, coming in as a as an operator at 24 years old, and not knowing this trade specifically, how did you, you know, how do you acclimate quickly to that to be able to uh, you know get the guys to follow you and, and have a leader well it's a great question um i was fortunate to have a very good mentor for me uh which was my grandfather and i worked with him for the last let's call it 10 to 15 years of his life and he always would tell me that you'll go very far in life billy that's what he used to call me uh he was once billy too because i was named after him but he said you'll go very far in life billy if you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you in the areas that you need them to be and so to answer your question, I didn't know a damn thing. And I still think I don't know a damn thing. Um, but what I do do is I partner with good people, whether it be you, whether it be the gentleman that I bought the business from in 2013. Um, and so to answer your question, I just listened to this guy. Uh, I listened to this guy. I listened to every acquisition we've done ever since. I've listened to every HVAC owner. Um, you know, we have some HVAC owners that we're partnered with or 25, 28 years old. I learned from those guys, um, maybe not as much as the older guys, but I learned from those guys. So I've really tried to partner with good people. Um, well, that's one of the, the key. I think one of the things I noticed, you know, you know, right off the bat is that, you know, for someone that's, you know, established as you are, you know, you, you have money, you have, you, you got all this stuff in place, right? But I feel like you're kind of a bigger student of the business than most. So you, you're reaching out to the Goodriches, the, the Brunos, these other, you know, these people, and you're always a sponge, right? And I think that's kind of a lot of guys don't realize they they think they know they already know everything, and they're not going to keep continuing trying to learn. And I, I think that's kind of cool. Can you can you touch a little bit about you know how you take these bits and pieces from so many people? I mean, you're 33, just like me. So you know, I'm the same way. I take bits and pieces of the sales guy. Now I'm trying to take bits and pieces of the business side to kind of put it all together. Yeah, that's a great sense. question. Um, you know, basically how I approach it is basically that there are a series of thoughts or information or knowledge. And then with those thoughts and information and knowledge, 
which you can call them thoughts, you can call them knowledge, you can call them wisdom, you can call them a checklist, you can call them a series of information, you can call them bits, you can call them gigabits, you could call them gigabytes. There's a series of information, okay, a population of information. And whether you're talking about the good riches of the world or the Brunos or, you know, you name the guys, they all have in their brains a, a boatload of information, a boatload of bits, a boatload of thoughts. And so what I try to do is basically try to get my hands on as much information as possible from those different players. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, those people in particular, I'm just saying generally speaking. So, you know, in business, for example, even though home building wasn't uh, air conditioning, you know, my grandfather knew a lot about managing subcontractors. I grew up, you know, working on job sites. I mean, that's that's literally what I did every summer. Um, and I did it in the Florida heat. And so, you know, I, you know, like to think that, you know, by him exposing me to these people's thoughts and actions and everything that I just tried to, like you said, be a sponge and absorb, you know, whether it was on those summers and those job sites, whether it was these businesses that I've bought, whether it's watching podcasts, et cetera. Um, now, one of the things I will say is when you go to acquire companies, you're, you're essentially acquiring uh, a boatload of thoughts, a boatload of information, a boatload of gigabytes worth of DNA. You're, you're buying that, especially if you have good relationships with the owners, which we were fortunate to continue to have that because I, I believe, which is a little bit different than a lot of financial people, a lot of financial people think, oh, I got a lot of money, so therefore I must be smarter than these people. I look at it differently. I say, uh, because I have these people, that's why I am wealthy. And so the operation side of things, we really tried to over the last 10 years, and we're learning every day, okay, uh, this, is, this is a fluid deal. And you know that even working with me, I see, you know, I'll say to you sometimes, oh, wow, what he's doing is really interesting or whatever. Now, over yeah. the last 10 years, you know, I've seen more of the same patterns. You know, I've seen I've learned that, you know, a lot of the information is very similar in many of these different types of businesses. But I think we've we've aggregated a bunch of uh, information. And once we get that information and once we know how these businesses should operate, you know, there's sales, there's operations, there's finance. And in HVAC businesses, there's booked appointments, then there's converting into sale, and then there's the installation component, right? And it's very similar throughout the rest of through throughout the rest of housing services. So, you know, we try to look at it through those different through those three different prisms, you know, the sales operations, finance, the booked appointments, sales, install. And and through that prism, you know, that's where we're trying to get the information. That's where we've tried to collect the information from some of these people who have uh, done it a lot longer than us and tried to have it flow through to the financial statements. Because if you can do all that properly, um, you know, you can, if you know the right thoughts, you know the right information and you know the right actions, you can get to where you want to be um, a lot sooner. And I think that's I, I, the attraction listening to the good riches of the world and stuff like that is because, <clears throat> you know, he's, I don't know. I think he's fifty nine or sixty, something like that. He's he's um, a sixty. He's a sixty year old overnight success, right? Like everybody doesn't. They don't realize. They look at Ken in the last five years, right? They see all that, but you got to think about the what Ken went through in his thirties, his forties, the struggles, exactly the ups and downs. So, you know, when you see Ken on the other end, it's it's it, that's a fighter that just kept fighting for years and years and years, and all of a sudden became the champion after after so many years. And and I think a lot of guys don't really realize that. And that's I think that's why Ken. You know, being Ken, you know, he'll give you bits and pieces because right? he'll give you little things of, you know, here and there to go do. 
because he's been through some shit <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize the shit he went through. And that's why he is, who the, you know, kind of the business guy he is now and the stuff that he knows. Cause he wouldn't, you know, he had other businesses. Like I think one of the big things working with you is that you're like, you know, you'll call me a dumbass for going to spend money on some, you're like, that's not going to move the needle. Right. Well, Ken already knows what moves the needle. What doesn't. And I'm over here like, Oh, just throwing shit at the wall. You're like, Hey, stop throwing shit at the wall. Like aim at the fucking target. You know, I yeah, think well, that's, I've never called you a dumbass. I never <laughs> called you a dumbass. Well, it's the look you give me. It's the well, look. you know, I, I have a belief that, you know, and it could be wrong, but you know, you're talking to a guy who's, whose family's made a lot of money by focusing on one asset and one asset in particular, you know, m my point to you and you brought it up, so I'll bring it up, is, you know, that, um, you know, the temptation can be, is to be impulsive and to get distracted by things. And I don't know, I just, you know, uh, again, it could be my limited skill set. It could be, I mean, my, my limited information set, but I've never met a wealthy person who wasn't focused on one asset and focused on one mission. And so, you know, my comment to you has been that, you know, I think you're very talented. Obviously, that's why I'm partnered with you. But when you look at the sales training or when you look at uh, Carrot and you look at some of these other endeavors, you know, it's kind of like a cat chasing a laser around a room. You just, you know, you just keep spinning, spinning, spinning. And it's a credit to you because you're very talented. But if you could just stay focused and, and you, you know, many of your competitors have even told me this. If Victor could just stay focused, he'd be the biggest around. And so, you know, that's I hope you feel that that's all that I've said in that regard and no, constantly and try to focus you on that. It's true. And, and like I said, I, and I, and I get that too. And it's hard, it's hard when, um, you know, being, you know, 33 and so many people are throwing opportunities at you. Right. And you look at, you look at a uh, short-term, long-term. And I think, you know, just in the, in the last couple of weeks, I've obviously, you know, had, you know, internal conversations with myself and trying to figure out like, Okay, like what, what, because it got it's a boiling point, right? Like, you know, I actually had, I turned down this guy wanted me to do some kind of deal. And I say, look, dude, I'm at my max capacity. I'm not taking anything else on. Like, that sounds good, but I'm just doing what I'm doing. You know, like this, like this week, right? Like, I spent this week, we have our, all of our new partners, and I'm out here writing a blueprint for our partners exactly step by step stuff, you know, to, to get them to the next level. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can, I can take it. I, everybody sees me. I'm a squirrel brain, so I'm all over the place, but I think, you know, you have definitely and that's part of your me. talent, right? Yeah. And I think, and but I the think people that you just say, Oh, you know, Victor, you should just be a sales trainer. I, I, I think, I think you are very capable of a lot of things. So, so let's back it up a little bit. So you're 24 years old. You bought this business. How much did you buy that business for? I bought that business. I think I said the revenue was 4.8 million. I think the revenue was four and a half. And I think I bought it for 4.8. It's either, it's one or the other. And um, yeah, so let, let's call it four and a half. So I bought it for four and a half million, which was a good deal at the time. And how, how long did you hold that business for? I held that business from 2013 to 2016. So I held that business for about three years. So, you, you know, I watch a lot of the podcasts and, and a lot of the, you know, successful guys, the Kens and stuff like that. And, and you listen to them and that's kind of the sweet spot, three to five years, right? You, three to five years, you hold the business, you, you build the business for three years, you know, maybe the four or fifth years when you're just tightening up everything to go to market. And I think, you know, a lot of guys and, you know, the conversations that we've had with them is that oh, I want to hold this thing for 10, 15 years and I'm going to give this to my kids. And, and, and when you look back, like, that's not how you get it. Like, Everyone says they want to be wealthy, but then they're doing stupid shit. Like there's, they're not listening to how the wealthy people got there. Right. 
you build it, you sell it, then you go do it again and again and again. If you, the longer you hold on to the business, what are your thoughts on that? Like obviously holding a business, you know, you could build a big business in 20 years, right? But if you can build a business that gets to the right EBITDA within three to five years, would you, are you, what, what would you tell that guy to do? Well, my job in terms of being a partner um, to your businesses and to others is to take that, those set of information that I talked about, the set of thoughts and turn those into actions in the company that compress time. You use that word, compress time a lot. And I just look at it in terms of the quicker you take those actions, the quicker you know which actions to take. It's very important. It's the, it's the you got to know the right tool at the right time. And if you have the wrong tool at the right time, that's still the wrong deal because, because you need to have both of those. You need to have the right tool at the right time. And so that's what we're bringing into these companies uh, to compress the time. So one of the ways that you hear a lot of people talk about in the private equity community that you hear them talk about uh, three to five years is because, and this is an important point, is that anybody who's competent in private equity, okay, has the ability to figure out how to get in a business and create value within three to five years. If a person can't do that in three to five years, then you've got a problem as far as I'm concerned. And so I think one of the things that you and I've been working so hard on is convincing a lot of these HVAC owners that, hey, you don't, if you have the right thoughts and the right actions, you don't need to wait 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You know, and again, Ken Goodrich has achieved more success than Probably I ever will. Probably anybody ever will. Um, but how do you do it? How can you get to achieve even a fraction of his success uh, at 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, right? How do you compress the time? Um, and again, he's done incredible. But you get my point, which is, you know, the, well, the, the wealthier that we can get people, the earlier on, the better. Well, I think, it gives them I more think options. there's a... And I think you have a, other things like the headwinds in the industry. I mean, we could talk about that. Um, you know, but yeah, well, I think there's, there's a big shift in mindset too. So, you know, there's a whole new generation of guys, myself and some of our partners that are just young, young and hungry. Right. So this industry has always been, Hey, you know, let's grow it for 20 years. I'll give it to my son or I'll give it, I sell it to my competitor or whatever it is. Right. And now it's, it's a bunch of guys and, and these guys are, these older guys are trying to figure out how the hell we're kicking their ass. The me Ishmael's these other guys, right? How are we kicking their ass over and over? It's because we know that, Hey, look at, there's a bunch of money coming into this space. We have a limited amount of time to go get that fucking money. And if we get that money, we'll be 35, 36, 37 and wealthy and be able to go do whatever we want. Because I can tell you right now, running a HVAC business for 20 years sounds like a fucking prison to me. I'll tell you that much. That <laughs> sounds like a prison, right? So like, why would you, if you had an opportunity and you had, there's a, there's a blueprint to compress time and get it done quicker. Why wouldn't you? And, and I, and I think one of the things that they look back on. So when you did these exits, right, I know, you know, you always, you set up your management team and you make sure because everyone's always like, well, my people, okay, well, your people will make more money if, if we do a deal because they're going to get paid out in a deal. And they're still going to have their job. Now they're going to have a company that's got more money to go dump into them, right? Yeah. One of my employees just made, I think, I think, I don't know for sure, but three million bucks just on the second sale of the company. He made, I think, you know, I don't know, three to five million on the first one, right? Now, um, 
that's the way that it should be. That's the way that these things should be. A lot of people should make a lot of money, in my opinion. And if you align it correctly, you can do it. And, you know, part of the reason I give you a tough time for the other things, first of all, I admire it because I think you have a talent that you can do a lot of other things. But I think to your credit, what you've done in the last six months, nine months, I don't know if people know your journey, but how you have focused. I mean, even though you were focused, even though you're focused on Sarah, which I think is great, by the way, free commercial, but you know, Sarah... <laughs> all these other things. I think it's great that you're doing all those things, but to your credit, let's just call spade a spade. You know, you, you've started to focus on the business again and you know, you leaned it down, you know, the numbers, you know, your overhead, you know, your gross profit, you've taken some of that information that, that I've gained over the last 10 years from these very successful companies. And uh, especially around the financial side of things and put those into play. So you know, well, even though sometimes you know, we're not making as much money as we want at your business, or you're not making as much money as you want at your business, you at least know the number now. Yeah. And, so I mean, uh, I think I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize, you know, you know, maybe they do see it, right? So why does why if someone has a base business that's making money, would they go take all their time and go do something else, right? And and a lot of people don't realize like this other stuff was made so that I can support my life because I didn't know my fucking numbers in my HVAC business. My HVAC business losing money. So I had to, I had to go get money somewhere else to support my, my lifestyle. So like uh, a lot of guys don't realize that the hero and these other things were built off the fact that I didn't know my fucking numbers. I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew was how to sell shit. Right. And I just kept putting everything back into the business and growing it. So this coming into this year, you know, I'm doing all this hero stuff in, in the spring and stuff. And I'm doing these sales classes because I needed fucking money because I, I didn't know how to stop the bleeding of my business because I, I had bit off more than I could chew. I, I wasn't, we had, we were selling everything, but it was because I didn't have the numbers down. It wasn't focused on what I needed to focus on as much money as we sold. It was going right back out the back door. So we weren't, we weren't making money. We were just, we were washing it. Right. And that's why these other things had even started in the beginning, because if you're making, you know, stupid amounts of money on your base business, you don't need all the other shit. But well, then all of a sudden when I started making money over here, it's like, it's hard to shut it off because I have so many other opportunities that opened up. So I would say, you know, six months ago, you know, six months ago, it's a different person. I'm not even the same guy as I was then. I, I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew was I was getting scared because I knew that that pinch was happening, right? Because you could only keep going before you run out of money. And I'm trying to keep feeding, throwing money. I kept throwing money at the business thinking that's going to fix it. And throwing money at something doesn't fix it. You have to actually fix the the what's broken. Uh, so I think when, you know, when Bill came in, it's been, I don't know, it's been four or five months now, four months, something like that. You know, when you came in, we you're like, hey, dude, this is what you got going on. This is how you can fix it. You could either you could either take another six months to do it, or you can just take it out back and shoot the thing, damn thing and pull the pull the plug. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, I said, hey, you know what? I don't want to lose money anymore. I want to I want to have a successful business. So we day one, we just started winning, going to work. Okay, well we were losing two hundred grand. Okay, well now we're only losing hundred grand. Now we're now we're breaking even, and now we're going into positive, right? So now we're going to. Hey, next year, how many millions can we make out of the same business with less people, less stress, and less, you know, less headache? And that's kind of where we went. I went, I went from 90-something employees down to 30-something employees. And now we're making money. I don't have the stress every day of like having like we're gonna go out of business or like we're we're making money. My employees are happy. The stress level has gone down on both me and the business. So it, you know, it's been, yeah, it's so been win -win. a major difference. It's the, way that, it's the way that life should be, right? And I told you that when we first met, I said, you know, you've got all the talent in the world. You got more talent in your fingers, I meant this, than many guys will ever have. Um, 
but you know we got to put that to work and we got to put it to work for EBITDA um, yeah. because I think one of the things too is I think you were getting bad numbers from people in your team and oh, I think that's one thing that we become very helpful with is you know and we have the one deal uh, the one of the deals that I'm waiting on a phone call back and I'm trying to bring in an outside accounting firm uh, just to validate the financials, you know, it's somebody that we vet, somebody that we bring in again, this is part of the information of the stuff that we bring. Um, because, you know, people delude themselves into thinking that they're making money, or they think that this is how you measure overhead, or they think this is how you measure gross profit, or they think that this is what you should be doing. And, um, you know, well, that's what happens when you-, you can pretty quickly delude yourself into thinking, you know, that you're worth all this money. And then, you know, when you go to try to sell it five years later, somebody says, uh, no, Mrs. Smith or Mr. Smith, you know, uh, you know, I hate to break it to you, but this thing's only worth X, right? That's what happens when you only, you only have the employees that you have, right? Like if you're grooming them, you, this guy's a bookkeeper now is your CFO or whatever it is. And you don't have that outside person looking at it or someone that's done it before that's, you know, I done it at a high level, right? Cause there's different, there's different levels to it, right? There's, there's a little HVAC guy that's doing a million dollars a year, or there's the $50 million shop. Well, the guy that's been done it for the $50 million shop, if he came into that million dollar shop, he's like, Hey, let's do this, this, and this, and this, and that's going to change it. Right. So active financials are important. I think that, you know, we talk to hundreds of deals a month, right. And I'm talking to these contractors and I ask them a simple question and, and they're all say, well, I'll get, I got to go talk to my bookkeeper. Or, uh, I, you know what? I, I have that number, but I got to go find it. Right. And, and you know, all of a sudden a week later, they're like, Hey, I, I finally found out what my overhead is, or I finally found out, you know, what my profit is. And it's like, dude, like that should be you should like, I know exactly today. I know how much money absolutes making or losing today. The second I can open up my phone in two seconds and know, Hey, do we make money? Do we win today? Or do we lose? And I think once you get down to the, the dial, when you can dial it into where, you know, every day what's going on within your business without having to be there or without having, like you can go, I could be on a beach today and, or in Vegas last week. And I know exactly, Oh, cool. My business is, well, we made 10 grand today. Perfect. And whatever it is. Right. So coming so from the private day. Coming from the private equity world, obviously, you know, you're a finance, you're a finance guy, right? So you know the numbers inside and out. What if you have you know the operations well, more than more than people think, to be honest. You, well, that's uh, true. <laughs> the operation um, side is there too. But as far as and, if I'm, and I'm, if I'm a private, people just thinking we're finance. I mean, that's you know, that's good. That's good by me. Well, when you're looking at it, I'm looking at it, so as a pure finance side from the private equity world, what you know, if you said, Hey, focus on this one thing and one thing before everything else, what would it be? Well, if you're just looking at it from the finance angle, which I don't look at it from, but if you're just looking from the finance angle, it's EBITDA. But I think, you know, what I've learned in these companies is that the guys who make the most money really know their overhead and they know how much gross profit that they want to target for the month to make that amount of EBITDA. And, you know, it's one of those things, and we see this even like with uh, Matt in Kansas City. I hope he's okay with us bringing this up. But, you know, Matt, speaking of a guy who's got a lot of talent, I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, but in his situation in particular, you know, he's heard about overhead. He's heard about gross profit. He's heard about these things. And I think what our partnership is allowed for is, number one, to make sure he's counting all the stuff correctly, because I don't think it was being counted correctly by the people that he was relying on. And then once you get it counted correctly, how do you drive it forward? And so we have just, as you know, we have this 
you know, again, you call it information, you could call it checklist, you could call it bag of tricks. We have these, you know, these bag of tricks that we've developed over the last 10 years, so to speak, that Matt, uh, you know, is is using and he's using it like it's a map on like a territory right and he's like he's like okay this is where i need to go um and it and it removes the guesswork for matt so you start to equip a guy like matt with you know accurate accurate financial numbers like you're talking about accurate overhead accurate gross profit targets and you start driving all these actions towards it and that's really when you see the ebitda so the answer is ebitda but you know you got to do all these things in order to get in order to really get true EBITDA. I mean, at Semper Five, for example, you know that business that business will make a shitload of EBITDA. I hope it's okay to swear on this thing. Um, oh, we, hey, whatever the fuck you want, Bill. Okay, okay. Uh, but you know that thing will make a shitload of EBITDA, and that's a perfect example. This guy's a rock star that we partnered with there, Jesse. So we show up on the scene, and you know we've you know I think more than tripled EBITDA. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So and, that's so. And, this is let's we give back them the tools, and then boom, 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 boom. Muzzle velocity. I call it muzzle velocity. How hard are you going to fucking hit it? You know. Well, the other thing, let's circle back to that one. So you know, you just got done. You ex- you exited that business in New York for how much? How much was that? Uh, well, I got to be careful with confidentiality, but I I made about like ten million bucks net myself on that deal. Okay, and you bought it for three million ish mm-hmm. a couple years before that. Yes. So. Okay, so you're able to flip that. So Couple you're, years, I think. Not, within two years, we did that. Yeah. So now you're done. You're done with. You're done with this. I'm gonna own 100. So you walk into to Jesse's business right in Arizona. Jesse's getting ready to sell his business for X amount of money. Three which and a half to four million is what he wanted. I, yeah, I wasn't sure if we were able to talk about it. So no, Jesse was going. I don't have a. I don't have an agreement on that. So, so, so Jesse's looking. With Jesse's it. looking to sell his business for three and a half to four million dollars, and this is end of two thousand twenty or two thousand twenty. Yeah, no, this is last this year. Last yeah, year, this yeah. is you know October, November last year. Yeah, October, November last year, he's going to look to sell it for three to four million dollars. You come in as a minority minority partner. This is your first minority deal in the HVAC space. It is at yeah. that point. Okay. And that point you come in and what's going through your head anyways, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have gotten so sold on this whole thing, but I intuitively knew it because my family had made a ton of money. You know, we, we, you know, my grandfather became a billionaire by owning 10% of the business. So I intuitively knew that, you know, I'll give you a hundred percent of nothing. Right. Or, you know, give me 10%, give me 20, give me 30%. So, so yeah, I came in there and, you know, my team and I, um, you know, I have I have a couple right hand people, as you know, who are really good, and uh, I call them killers. They're they're the SWAT team. You know, we send we send them in, and uh, we went in there, and you know, Jesse's got no ego. This guy, he's he's the real deal. He's got no ego. Uh, you know, he 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 was an Iraqi tank. He was a U.S. tank driver in Iraq, and he can you know talk about focus. I mean, he can set his eyes on a target, and he just fucking hits it. You know, so. Well, you came in at that point, you came in in a minority deal. First one you've done, you know, obviously it's a little nerve wracking, right? Cause you know, in a minority position, you don't get, you're in the backseat. Like you don't get to, yeah, very, you don't get to say shit, you know? So I think, I think that's, you yeah. know, that's one of the things that people don't realize. Like when we partner with them, we're like, dude, I can tell you everything in the world, but if you don't want to do it, like you're the, you're the boss. Like I can't make you do anything. I could just tell you, I could just tell you, Hey, look at this was my in fact, business. Jesse I and I've had a lot of conversations. I mean, you don't grow a business like that and it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Okay. You know that from your business. It's just not, it's just no. you know, business. 
business is tough and you start growing in his business, you know, growing 300 plus percent on a year over year basis, that's those are some big numbers that stresses out a lot of human beings. I mean, the human brain does not like change. And when you put a shitload of change in these things, it creates a lot of friction. Um, well, so, so, you know, so our, our relationship, to be clear, hasn't been all rainbows and butterflies. But I will say this. We get along great. We have a great relationship. But when it comes you know, when it comes time to, you know, do we buy five more trucks or do we do this with five or 10 or 20 trucks? Right. You know, we can disagree. We can have a great disagreement, but ultimately it's his decision. And I tell him that I say, look, you obviously know how I feel about this, but at the end of the day, you're the boss, you know, and it's, and, and, and I'm not trying to buck responsibility, but I am trying to acknowledge the fact that he still is the technical majority owner. Now to the point about, uh, him enjoying it, you know, started out, we own 20%. We had an option to buy another 20%. And then he gave me the last 10% because he saw how helpful we were being. Now, I still own less than, you know, I think he technically owns like 51% and we own 40, Pulte Capital owns 49%. So that's where it comes into, you know, he's still the boss. But I think that's healthy because when he walks in in the morning, right, he's not having to think, oh, what does Bill Pulte have to say about this? Or da, 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 da. You know, I want, I want to be totally out of the equation. Now, if he wants me for help, he wants me for advice, whatever, fine. But I think it's very important for him to know he's his boss. Yeah, and I think I think that's the most empowering thing, right? Because we talk to guys all the time. They're like, "Well, if you guys partner with us, do I do I got to do whatever you say?" I'm like, "No, like all we're gonna do is to say, hey, look, this is a we we believe that if you do this, this, and this, you're gonna make more make a lot more money." And normally, if if we pick the partner the right way, right? Because we're I'm very we're very picky on who we who we partner with. Like some guys come and we're like, "Dude, you, that guy that guy is gonna be." Yeah, that guy's a nightmare. That's going to be a cancer patient. Like, we can't deal with that shit right now. And so we affect the rest of them. I mean, you'll affect the rest of it, nice right? Thing is, we've got a group, right? We've got a group of good people now who want to help each other, who want to be a part of it. So you get a bad apple in there, it can spoil the whole bunch. Um, yeah, and so. and there's we all know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. So you if you partner with the right guys, and you say, you know, for me, like. You know, if Bill, in the morning, you're like, hey, hey, Vic, you can make money today or not. Like, uh, I mean, if you do this, you're probably going to make some money today. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to go do that. then. like that sounds that sounds like a better idea. So there, I think that's I think that's one of the hardest things right now is is trying to make sure we're making picking the right people because, you know, we're you know, as we network and we have these meetings with our own, different owners and stuff, we want to be able to make sure we have the right people that are all hungry. You know, we're going to have competitions to see who's going to be putting up the most most revenue and most EBITDA and stuff like that. So just getting exciting. So. So fast forward now you've got most of the guys who put up the most EBITDA, they talk, they talk the least and they do. And they just, they just, you don't even know it, but during the day they're out there, they're hiring people, boom, 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 boom. You know, they don't need to tell you every time they, you know, you know, you Matt, know, Matt lets us know every time he, Matt lets us know every time he farts. So it's okay. I know he's watching too. Yeah. But over, uh, time, over time, I would bet you once Matt gets a taste of, earning a lot of money that's all he's going to be focused on i can promise you that well so i can tell getting, you he's know, getting his bearings underneath him so i think it's unfair right so we came into we came partner with matt he's 25 26 years old you know it's not fair because he's got he's got even you know we we're pretty young but he's still got eight years on us right he's eight years younger so by the time he gets to our age he's going to have so much knowledge and built in that guy he's already going to exit he'll exit that business he'll be on to the next business and be able to just kind of roll that for the next 20 years 30 years whatever yeah, he wants to do i said it before and i don't like saying it because it can go to people's heads but and nobody talks to matt like this but um you know 
if he does the right things, that'll be a one wealthy, one wealthy dude. I can tell you that. Him and the G brothers out of Georgia. Oh, uh, those guys talk about guys who don't talk a lot but get it done. They get it done. And uh, those are my boys. The I G boy, the G brothers big, are my boys. I think that'll be a big business. I think it's gotta be, be. I think that'll be a very valuable business one day. Yeah. So, so obviously now you're you've had success with we've had success with Jesse in in Arizona and not yet. You know, the, you know well, we got to sell that. We got to sell that thing. We got to we got to make the pivot. We got to. We well, get you the went job done. You went from a guy that was trying to sell his business for three to four million to now you're doing four million, almost four million dollars in EBITDA. Yeah, now or? it's worth probably forty to fifty million EBITDA, or not EBITDA, forty to fifty million value. And I that's think it's actually year. worth more, but you know we'll we'll see once you know. Well, hey, after after Ken's deal just went through, shit, we got to everything's going to get re <laughs> recategorized. So, congrats to Mr. Goodrich on that. I mean, I, obviously, I've heard it's pretty. I've heard it's a massive exit. You probably know more than I do, but I, I heard that he just broke some records on that. So, congratulations. It's good for everybody, right? So the multiples right now are just going to continue to climb, but it's we all hope. about, I think so, but we, and it's, it's all about who's going to go get it. Right. So there's only, there's only a certain big, there's only a certain number of big players left right now. So, you know, it's an opportunity right now for someone to just, that wants to go get it, just go take, take a market share and take that, take, get that next big exit. So I think that's an availability right now. Um, so obviously you've had, you've had some, you know, obviously success is when you actually exit the business, right? But you've, you've grown that business substantially, you know, you came in. So me and Bill, me and Bill met on Facebook, which is kind of funny, right? So, which is weird. I think all my friends and my business partners have all been met on Facebook now. So it's welcome to 2021. So That's right. I, I've, you know, it's made, it's done really well for my, for my life. But, you know, I remember Bill reaching out to me and he's like, oh, he's so how's your business? And we started talking and, and of course, you know, being, being me and like i'm sad no i'm not really letting anybody know i'm stressed out of my mind and he's like oh you're making money i'm like oh yeah i'm making money of course fuck yeah no gonna kill myself <laughs> and no, but you know and and you, we tell ourselves these lies right because we're we we, we just we don't want to make sure that we're we we look at other people or whatever it is and, and keep our you know i gotta feed my ego thing so i'm like in this point i'm you know i'm talking to this guy who could help me and I and I'm so full of my own shit that I'm that I'm saying that I'm doing great, which I yeah, at that point I was just like I was so stressed out of my mind. I didn't know what to really do. Um, so obviously, since he's partnered with me, you know, absolute went we went off a full circle, right? So you guys used to see me buying fucking fleets of trucks and hiring everybody and their mother. And I at one point, you know, I think Bill, you told me it's like it's like a, I came into a to a rapper's a rapper's entourage, right? And he's paying all his he's paying all of his yeah. buddies, and everybody else is getting paid. And then then this rap career is over, and he's broke, right? And, yeah. and I think that was really what was happening is I yeah, people I, I, coming out of everywhere. Like dude. you walk into a room, you'd be like, where are all these people come from? You know? And then I talked to the vendors and the vendors would tell me, you know, the guys who supplied the equipment, they'd say, we, we don't know how he affords all these people. You know? Yeah. It was, it was felt like saying lot. he doesn't, you know, but <laughs> I know. Credit, you, you know, you figured out what you needed. You took care of it. And that was actually what's fair to the employees because you know the worst thing is just leading them on month after month after month with them stressing out because you you've hired too many or whatever you know yeah and, and like i said and and i think that's one of the things is for me like I, i'm not i'm not scared to admit you know i guess i didn't really fail because i still have my business we're still we're going like this we're going on no, upward. i think you failed i think we all fail right i think we all learn and what i try to do is learn from other people's mistakes before it's mine but I think it's fine to say you failed. In fact, one of my friends wrote a book, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. It's a great book, by the way. 
Um, and, and no, I think you're, I think you're 10 times, I think you're a hundred times stronger than when I met you because you did, you know, have to learn the hard way, you know? Well, I think, I think the other thing is that, you know, I never really like, I, I would, I would do a lot of shit, but I wouldn't even get paid for it. Like I, you know, now it's like, Hey, I don't, I ain't doing shit unless you're paying me. And if you aren't paying me, I'm going to be a fucking nightmare until you where's pay me. Like, where's, where's my money? Where's the cash? And I, I was never like that. I was just like, oh, people, they're going to take care of me. No, that no one's going to take care of you unless you go, unless the, like they say, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? I was just in a negotiation right now a little bit ago and they're like, well, we'll give you this. And I said, no, but I need money today and tomorrow. So if you want me to even talk about you, you better fucking pay me now. And if not, then I don't need to talk about you. I'll find someone else that wants to pay me now. And that's just my mentality now. It's like, Hey, I get paid first. So like, everyone's like, Oh, you're doing all this. Stuff. Like you want to, you want me to do training. You want me to take time. You got to pay me money. Like this is how this works now. And before it was, I was just generous beyond generous to everybody. And I think, you know, you taught me more to be like, Hey dude, like you got value to everything you do. You better get fucking paid. So that's been a big thing too. Yeah. Um, I say, I say numbers don't lie. People do. <laughs> but uh, if you take it one step further, cash doesn't lie. People do. Yeah, so, no, it's it's true. Where's the cash? Where, where's, where's where's the money? The cash? Where, <laughs> you heard that heard that story enough times from me. Like, hey, so but you didn't get paid, did you? I'm like, fuck, I didn't get paid. Yeah. Um, so now now going and into a lot of this, people do business that way. A lot of people get rich that way. That's not the way that I was raised. You know, I wasn't raised to, you know, steal some guy's business or you know, kill him or you know, <laughs> whatever. You know, so. So, well, now obviously we we're in, we're into this in this endeavor now. So can you, I guess let's kind of touch base on like what we're looking for. Like if someone would say, Hey, look at Vic, Bill, I want, I, I have this business. I want to get to the next level. Let's kind of talk about what we would be, what kind of, what's an ideal partner, right? I mean, an ideal partner is somebody who is, you know, um, I mean, we could, we could talk about the numbers, but I think what's more important is that the person, you know, is just relentless, relentless, relentless positive action. Because if you're just constantly re relentless positive action, there's no time for excuses. There's no time for egos. There's no time for somebody to say, oh, you know, he offended one of my employees or, you know, all this garbage that people try to throw up. So I'd say somebody who's really focused on just relentless positive action. Um once you once you're an action type of guy the money tends to follow in my experience right and so like jesse he's just the guy is just he wakes up every morning he's relentlessly positive he's going and he's acting and he's getting things done now you know do we prefer people to have positive EBITDA? yes we do and we're looking for that um but if a person has relentless positive action day in day out and stuff chances are the, the, the money is going to follow. So, I mean, ideally we'd like people to have a minimum of, you know, a few hundred thousand worth of earnings, ideally, you know, a million, two million of earnings, but you know, it's just the, you know, it's just not the way of the world that, you know, everybody has that yet, yet. And our goal is to try to come in, you know, if you have the right guy, I call it relentless positive action in other ways, you know, a Tom Brady, if you have a Tom Brady and you give him the set of, you give him the playbook, right. You know, if you have a Tom Brady, you give him the playbook, you know, he's going to, he's going to start throwing touchdowns and all of a sudden, you know, you were worried about the fact that he was break even EBITDA. Well, all of a sudden he could start making, you know, like I think a couple of our deals uh, that we're in business with, I mean, I think you'd agree with, you know, we're pretty close to, you know, doubling. Now that they've got the game plan. They're pretty close to, 
you know, so reaching what I call escape velocity, you know, because well, once you get out of the atmosphere, woof, watch well, out. Ch- well, check it out. So like, it's funny. So like you have summertime, right? Like this is the best, everybody knows best time of the year is summer, right? Well, we had these guys, we came in at the end of summer and all of a sudden now their numbers are going up higher than summer and it's October yeah. and early November. And these guys are, you look at the, you look at the numbers every day. They're like, dude, they're making more money now than they made in the summer. So what's going to happen next summer. Right? So that company's telling me, okay, cool. What do I, what do I have to do before next summer? Okay. I got to recruit, right? Because now I got, I got shit down what I got to do now. If recruit I add, as long as you definitely have the revenue, as long as you have because the revenue, you don't, then you end up like you were, you know? You don't want to just hang out with all your friends all day. I mean, I I mean, I would, right? But that's just not the way the world is, right? No, it's all you know. It's all about the. It's all about making money, right? So you know, I think you know, there's a couple guys that it's I talk about having to. fun and making money. But if you do the having fun part and you don't count, you don't count how much you are making or losing, and have a game plan. You aren't going to have fun for very long. It's like a heroin shot. You know, you can take out loans. You can do all this crazy shit. You can have these. I call them like having side checks. You know, you can have these side jobs. You can do, all, you know, having all these side checks. It's all fine. But at the end of the day, it just poisons your head, you know? So, no, anyway. 100%. Well, is there anything else you want to add in there? Um, obviously, we're, we're getting pretty close to the end here. I mean, is there anything that, you know, you want to add there that you haven't been able to get or anything that these guys can do to reach out to you? No. Um, you know, I would just say if anybody has any questions, we're always here to help. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to help, uh, as much as we can, if we can't help, we'll be the first ones to tell you, Hey, you know, we, we can't help, but here are some things that you should consider. Here are some things you should do. Um, you know, we also know a lot of people. So if there's not a deal with us, you know, we know a lot of people are looking to do a lot of different things. So if there's anything that we can ever do to help reach out, um, and yeah, I'm just really happy to be partnered with you, Victor. I think, you know, I bring the money and the finance angle and hopefully more. Um, but I think you bring, you know, a whole new skill set. And so when we combine that with some of these other guys, we give them the playbook. You know, it's, 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 I think you're starting to see it too, not just in the numbers, but I think you're starting to feel the reward of, you know, really uh, equipping guys with your and my, um, you know, information in many cases, which we've just copied from other people. Let's just be honest. Right. And yeah. give them to you people. Don't gotta, you don't got to reinvent the wheel if it works. Right. So, right. so, I mean, I think, you know, if, if you're, if you guys are listening to this and you're, you're thinking to yourself like, Oh, Hey, I, I want to grow my business or I don't, I don't know how to get to that next level. And I want to get there. Um, don't hesitate. You guys can reach out to me directly. Uh, if you, if you reach out to me, uh, we'll set up a zoom. We'll go, we'll, we'll take a deep dive into your business and your financials and kind of give you an idea like, Hey, look, we can help you. If not, we can say, Hey, this is kind of, this is what I would do if I was in your situation type of deal and try to start guide, start guiding you where you need to go. Cause maybe we, maybe they're not, might be, might not be a deal today, but if you can follow X, Y, and Z, we might have a deal, you know, maybe next year or whatever it is. And obviously, you know, if you guys are in, we're looking for, an, you know, the Sun Belt market, stuff like that, or if we're down the lower, lower half of the United States, uh, but we are we're also willing to look at deals pretty much anywhere. So, Anyways, well, Bill, thanks for having and thanks for coming on to the Hero Podcast. Um, obviously, you, obviously, we'll be ta- we'll be in touch. If you guys have any questions, you guys can reach out to Bill directly or me to reach out to me directly. Uh, if you want to follow Bill on Twitter, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Pulte, P-U-L-T-E. At Pulte at, on Twitter.com. He's a Twitter philanthropist. You can see from his uh, from his jacket, but he's got a couple million followers. He jump on there. He got some interesting stuff that he posts. So uh, thank you, guys. We'll be in thank touch, you. and I'll see you guys next week on the Hero Podcast. Have a good day. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye.